Russia doesn't seem like a legitimate country to me anymore. It seems more like a rogue band of terrorists, really, the way they're acting in Ukraine and the way the leadership, the official regime in Russia is talking. It reminds me of Al-Qaeda. Take a look. These statements from the Russian government, they called the United States a blatant dictatorship. They also warned the following, please. We call on the EU and NATO countries to stop the thoughtless flooding of the unviable Kiev regime with the latest weapon systems. And here comes the URLs. Enormous risk to international civilian aviation and other means of transport in Europe and beyond. Who talks like this? Terrorists do. Threatening civilian aviation. What, train systems as well? In Europe and beyond here? Terrorists talk like that. Al-Qaeda talks like that. Seriously, remember Al-Qaeda? Uh, they're gone now. ISIS is wandering around. But now we have the Russians. And what is happening in Ukraine continues to be just horrific. Wow, isn't it wild, by the way? You, you see the blast and then you hear the blast like two seconds later as the sound travels. By the way, once again, none of this would be happening if President Trump were still President Trump. So it's very, very bad over there, but we can't do anything about it, right? We uh, are not going to get into a war with Russia. Russia and the United States have long agreed that nuclear use would have devastating consequences and have stated many times, including earlier this year, that a nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. We have no intention of fighting Russia. Couple of things. I don't think necessarily you put that on the table, uh, right? You just say a blanket statement. You're guaranteed we're not going to get involved. You're not going to. I think you want to keep that as an option just in case. And oh, by the way, I guess nuclear is truly a deterrent. We're not going to fight because they've got nuclear weapons, right? I think we've got a picture of a nuclear weapon in a silo. There it is, launching from one in Russia, a test. So we're not getting involved because of these weapons. This is an incentive. And our not doing anything is an incentive for countries like Iran to keep developing those nuclear weapons, right? Because, hey, it works. You deter superpowers. North Korea, an incentive to keep developing their nuclear program, right? By the way, <laughs> nuclear weapons, in a weird way, kind of work when you think about it. Um, India and Pakistan, both countries have nuclear weapons. It's believed by some that there would have been war by now had they not, both sides had nuclear weapons. They call it what? Mutually assured destruction? Does it work on a smaller level as well? Not sure, but in the meantime, Article 5, is this the only reason why we're not getting involved? Because NATO is not part of, well, Ukraine is not part of NATO. And here it says, the, the parties agree that an armed attack against one or more of them in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against them all. So with Ukraine, not a member of NATO, we're not going to respond. Yet if Latvia was attacked by Russia, which is right next door, could happen. They would love to have Latvia back in their orbit. 
then it's total war. It's just because of that Article 5 thing that was signed a couple of decades ago. I don't know. That family, did you see it on the front page of the newspaper? All those dead people? I mean, is it just because of Article 5, some treaty that most people, quite frankly, can't make heads or tails out of? Most people, how many times do people discuss Article 5 and its ramifications? Article 5, is that why we're allowing mass graves right now? All right, this, Article 5. This is the only thing that's keeping us, that Ukraine was not a member of NATO. That's the only reason why we're not getting involved. Oh, those nuclear weapons, I get that. Look, I don't want a war, but I would just have so much more confidence if we had, number one, President Trump, or if these guys knew what they were doing. Have you heard about this whole flap about the uh, the jets, the MiG-29s? Uh, Poland wants to give some to uh, Ukraine, uh, maybe in the process of doing so. They want to be backfilled by the U.S. and NATO. At first, Tony Blinken said, A-OK. If, for instance, the Polish government, a NATO member, wants to send fighter jets, does that get a green light from the U.S., or are you afraid that that will escalate tension? No, that, that, that gets a green light. In fact, we're talking uh, with uh, our Polish friends right now about what we might be able to do to backfill uh, their needs if, in fact, they choose to provide these fighter jets to, to the Ukrainians. Okay, that was the green light. Here's the red light from the Pentagon. The intelligence community has assessed that the transfer of MiG-29s to Ukraine may be mistaken as escalatory and could result in a significant Russian reaction that might increase the prospects of a military escalation with NATO. This idea, the proposal of, of transferring these jets to our custody then for then transferring to Ukraine, um, that is something that we are not going to explore right now. Ooh, well, we wouldn't want to get escalatory. We wouldn't want them to think anything about us being escalatory. Sometimes you got to escalate, especially when there are mass graves. So what do we do? We send Kamala to Poland. Have you heard about this yet? Another fiasco. When you want to see a spectacle, send her. She'll screw it up. She'll embarrass herself, embarrass the country. This was uh, no exception. I, I woke up to this this morning, first getting basic numbers wrong. Today, we are also announcing in pursuit of what must happen, which is to provide humanitarian assistance, that we will give another $50 million, the United States will, through the UN's World Food Program to assist with humanitarian aid. Okay, it's not 50 billion, that got my attention. It's 50 million, big, big difference. The World Food Program, never heard of any corruption there. What else? Just a general lack of seriousness and appropriateness, really. Thank you, Madam Vice President. I wanted to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees. And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. 
Okay, so this time. I get it. Neither one wanted to take the question, so there was a momentary awkward pause. I think and a re more appropriate reaction would have been like, all right, I'll get this one. Not, <laughs> I mean, that was hysterical and very odd. Here, I don't know what she's saying, do you? We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see and because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Okay, so why do we have her as vice president? Do you remember, do you remember the discussion during that silly campaign? First there was this. I think it would be incredibly important for the, for the Democratic ticket to have as the vice president uh, a woman. I cannot imagine that we have a Democratic ticket without a woman on it. A lot of capable, interesting candidates. Yeah. He should pick a woman, I think, don't I, you? Yes. Yes, yes. Well, Black Lives Matter summer happened, and a woman wasn't good enough, wasn't woke enough. You had to, uh, you had to even make it more fashionable. I think this is a moment uh, to put a woman of color on that ticket. 100 prominent black men said the urgency to pick a black woman has gone from something that should happen to something that has to happen. Yes, I think he needs to choose an African-American woman. Black women are the base of the Democratic Party. So what happened? You heard there was an urgency. So they had to rush it. Joe Biden had to cram because all of his life, he probably met so many women of color who would have been perfect for that job. But he had to cram because, quite frankly, I don't think he took women of color very seriously at all. I don't. Or men of color for that reason. And I have proof. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a point. I'm not joking. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. He's in his 70s and he's talking like this. This is a real problem, okay? This, I think Kamala, I think Kamala's wrong on this. I think she's wrong on a lot of things. Uh, here, I think she should have taken it a step further. In this campaign, we've also heard, and I'm gonna now direct this at Vice President Biden. Um, I do not believe you are a racist. Okay, but let's face it. Even for her, it's <laughs> it's a close call. There's something wrong with Joe, the way he talks and the way he probably processed people whenever he saw them, assuming that they ha would have to be one way if they looked a certain way. Kamala was onto something. I think she wanted to say it, but she wouldn't. So she put it this way instead. She was just angry at him. So that's where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act. All right, so what are we left with? She's embarrassing us on the world stage. Just like President Trump said, this woke stuff will break you. 
Wokeism makes you lose, ruins your mind, and ruins you as a person. You become warped. You become demented. Joe and Kamala just proved President Trump's point. When we come back, we're going to meet a transgender serial killer. This is news for a lot of reasons. Number one, I've been told that transgender people are better than you or me. Apparently, there are some very big key exceptions. Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I, All I can say, say is, is that, that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> and they love Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton senses an opportunity here. She th- sees how things are going with Ukraine and Joe Biden. Suddenly, she's all over the place on TV again this week. And uh, she loves it. There's an opportunity, she thinks, right now. And the fake news is assisting in every way they can. But speaking of that, are you open to running for president again? <laughs> oh, no. come on. Just no. Long runway. No, but I'm, <laughs> well, no, but I am certainly going to be active in supporting women running for office. Um, and oh, wow. Other, Just such girl uh, talk. Friendly uh, girl talk. Are you running? Hillary is seizing the moment. She wants to be president and she could be the nominee. Uh, it could happen. Take a look, by the way. Folks who think she's too old, that's actually not true. She knows these numbers. Uh, <laughs> certainly does. She's younger than Donald Trump. She's younger than Joe Biden. She wants this. She wants this bad. And I've been seeing her on TV more in the past two weeks than I have in the previous two years, I think. All right. Also this. When it comes to transgender, we know that's really, really in right now, right? We're back now with more on our special series on transgender kids. This has been a fascinating series. Today marks Transgender Day of Visibility, a day to celebrate the lives and contributions of trans people around the world. Over the next hour, we'll focus on the reasons for hope and concern for those who are transgender. We need a million of us to step forward and affirm uh, the lives of trans youth across this country. We see you, we hear you, you matter, you're important. I don't think we need such a movement. I think these kinds of issues are private. Number one, it's an issue. It's actually a disorder. It's called gender dysphoria, when you think you should be something else. The American Psychiatric Association has so decreed it for decades, refers to a psychological distress that results from an incongruence between one's sex assigned at birth and one's gender identity. It's a real problem. Um, I don't know. And we have we're just having festivals about it and celebrating what? A disorder? That's wrong. And by the way, not all transgender people, they're just people, all right? Some are good and some are bad. You're about to meet one really bad one. His name is Harvey, Harvey Marcelin. And uh, wow, he has killed at least, we think, three people. 
He's something of a serial killer. Let's go back to 1963. Uh, in 1963, he fatally shot his girlfriend three times in their apartment, sentenced to 20 years to life, freed on lifetime parole in 1984. About a year later, I guess he is now a she, fatally stabs another girlfriend, stuffed the body into a bag, dumped on the street, sentenced to a six to 12 year term. Fast forward to just two years ago, released from prison, returns to the city, and uh, looks like she might have done it again. A woman's torso was discovered inside a bag in a shopping cart in East New York. Then on Monday, a leg was found inside a car just blocks away in Cypress Hills. Sources say 83-year-old Harvey Markelin has been arrested for concealment of a human corpse and is due back in court today. Ooh, and let's look at those charges. Concealment of a human corpse. That is a big deal. Whatever happened to lifetime parole without the possibility of parole? Lifetime prison without the possibility of parole. Sounds like that should have been in effect, don't you think? Also this, a transgender person is suspected in a horrible hammer attack against an Asian man in the New York City subway system. Uh, Here is the victim uh, being treated shortly after. The individual who is suspected is already saying, I'm a transgender, I have special rights here. Christian, did you attack that man with a hammer? Did he attack me first? Did you attack him with a hammer? Did he push the transgender? What happened? Did he attack a transgender? Did he attack a transgender? Well, uh, transgender is special. Nobody should be assaulted, but uh, did he feel something extra because he's she's transgender? Where would this individual have gotten that idea that transgender is special? We're back now with more on our special series on transgender yes. kids. This Those guys, the mainstream media, they can't stop talking about it. Very few people who are actually have gender dysphoria. Why are they encouraging it so much? I have a feeling, just a crazy hunch, that this individual might not have gotten into the trouble he's gotten into if it wasn't for this ridiculous conversation that's been taking place over the past few years. And that brings me to... Secretary Pete Buttigieg of the U.S. Department of Transportation in one of the most ludicrous moves in the history of presidential cabinets. Mayor Pete is now a secretary. Mayor Pete was, well, mayor of uh, a very small town in Indiana. Uh, No particular accomplishments of any kind, but he's gay. And the fake news, love that. They couldn't stop writing about it. 60,000 stories about him being gay. Nobody cares except a handful of political reporters at very important papers and Pete and his husband. Oh, his husband, by the way, a guy named uh, Chasen, I think, Chastin, Chastin. He's a real character. This guy's a piece of work. He's very pushy and mean on social media, by the way. And oh boy, is he addicted to tweeting and Instagramming. Take a look. Justin Buttigieg quickly became a social media sensation during his husband Pete's run for president. Pete Buttigieg's husband, always on the campaign trail, all over social media. There are a lot of spouses, a lot of politicians who struggle with that social media voice. And for Justin Buttigieg, it just feels like it comes naturally. 
Okay, well, if Chastin uh, is going to put everything out there on social media, and he does, along with his husband, and by the way, yep, all right, that's fine. Um, I think we got to look at Chastin, all right, the very important spouse of the Secretary of Transportation. Well, by the way, they really want to make this guy Vice President Pete. They do. Watch out. Um, This is what Chastin likes to do uh, with kids at summer camp. I think this could be illegal, should be illegal, Whatever it is, it's definitely creepy. I pledge my heart. I pledge my heart. To the rainbow. To the rainbow. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. One camp. One camp. Full of pride. Full of pride. Indivisible. Indivisible. With affirmation and equal rights for all. With affirmation and equal rights for all. Watch your heads. Stupid. What the hell is gay camp? How about summer camp? All right. Summer camp. I went to summer camp. I learned how to uh, water ski. I learned how to tie knots. I did all kinds of cool things. I learned about the planets. Uh, We were far from the city. That kind of stuff. All right. It doesn't matter what you are. Quite frankly, kids should not be handling these issues. Right. I don't think so. It's between the parents. Between summer camp. Stay with us. Donald Trump made an awesome podcast with some pretty cool dudes. We'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well, then Spicer and Company's your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. Have you heard of the uh, Nelk Boys? There are guys who like wrestling. They got a really popular podcast, and they're just a couple of dudes. And Donald Trump totally got along with him. Uh, he can relate with just about anybody, and it's pretty cool. It's one of the reasons why professional politicians can't stand him because he's so good at it naturally. And I think he genuinely likes people. Uh, but here he is talking about the situation in Ukraine. He was never ever going to certainly under the Trump administration. And I say zero chance. I don't say like, I don't think zero chance he would have done it. And I spoke right. to him about it. Zero chance he would have done it. Right. But you have he a good, saw, yeah, he, he saw the weakness. He saw Afghanistan that the way the incompetence of the withdrawal, the way they did it, when they saw the incompetence, the gross incompetence of that, I believe that uh, Putin was, became a different man when he saw that. He viewed the United States differently. He no longer respected the United States. And the American people agree with this assessment. Hey, by the way, did these guys get maybe a little bit too casual with the former president of the United States? But the question is, Don, are you coming? I mean, Donnie, um, I wonder. Um, <laughs> interesting. It is sort of interesting. Well, you don't chicken out, Don. If you put up this whole thing, watch. We don't chicken out, Don. If you, <laughs> Don, Don, we don't chicken out. I'm telling you right now. You don't chicken out? Don, we don't chicken ready? out. Ready? Ready? We're calculated, Don. I think we have a calculated team. I think, oh, but, but that's they would, the beginning. But they won't do it. That's just Don, Don, Don. Here's the beginning. They wouldn't do it. Good stuff, right? I mean, he's rolling with it. I don't think he offended them. But anyway, oh. How about when they call him the R word? Listen to this. What's your reaction to when someone calls you a racist? Um, Like, what's your, like, initial reaction to that? Well, it used to be a terrible reaction, but now it's everybody's called a racist today. Yeah. Anybody that's the enemy of the other side. 
People that are the exact opposite of racists are called racists. And it's a very hurtful word, but it's, it's lost a lot of its meaning because everybody is being called a racist today by the radical left, when actually they're the racists. They're really the racists in the truest sense of the word. So true, so true. And what about big tech? We've heard him talk about this before, but uh, it's resonating even more powerfully. If you put up this whole interview, let's see what happens when Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all of them take it down. And let's see what happens when they threaten you and all that. Because we don't have a free press in our country. Mm-hmm. We have a press not so different. This is the beginning of communism. We have a press not so different some, than countries we don't want to talk about. He's absolutely right. It's amazing. You say the wrong thing these days, you will be kicked off of social media. And that is a big revenue source for a lot of companies. And, and they're modifying what they say so they don't get kicked off or pushed down on these important social media platforms. That is censorship. Big government is delegated to big tech. One more. In the history of our country, nothing like me has ever happened. I don't say that positive, negative. You know, you've never had a business. No, I agree with you, yeah. It was, I think, 93% politicians became president and 7% generals. So you had soldiers and you had politicians. There's never been an outsider. Uh, Likewise, nobody's ever been treated as badly as I have by the fake news media. All true. And uh, we'll see what happens next. Uh, Pretty exciting, right? I think it's going to happen twice. Check this out. So this is Ryan Coogler, a very talented director. Uh, He and successful. He directed Black Panther which uh, I saw, I liked, a little bit overrated, and Michael B. Jordan was not believable as an ex-military man, in my opinion. So he went to withdraw money from the bank the other day, and he went in there like this. Okay, he's wearing a mask, it's COVID, I guess, but the glasses, the hat, and the the note that he wrote really freaked out the the, uh, teller. I would like to withdraw $12,000, and he requested that she count it discreetly. Now, he wrote it on a portion of the withdrawal slip where you're not supposed to write. Anyway, look, the mask, I think, confused her, all right? And by the way, masked men, throughout history, they've been the bad guys, right? Okay, that's how you stick up a store or a bank or a train. Democrats know this very well. It's one of the reasons why I think they've been reluctant to uh, give up the mask. So there's Mr. Kugler trying to withdraw his own money from the bank. But look, the whole situation is odd. That note is odd, okay? Uh, The teller called the cops. The cops come and they arrested him. Hey, sir. Hey, man. Do me a favor, man. Come this way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Put your hand behind your back. Got it. You got it. got it. Is there any reason y'all doing this, bro? Give me one second. Yeah. What's going on, my man? Trying to put money on my arm. You said what? Yeah, what's up? This your phone? It is, sir. Good job, man. Good job. Good job, officer. Everybody was relieved that the cops came. So it turns out he was trying to withdraw his own money, but the cops were like, dude, you know, what's up with the note? The note was peculiar. Did you ever think, well, listen to this. 
Have you ever okay. considered speaking to them before you make a transaction like that? Have you ever had something like this happen? Have I ever been arrested? No, 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 no. <laughs> Wait, what? Listen to what he's saying. Have Listen. you ever... No, I am listening. Okay. Have you ever considered speaking to them about what it is you're trying to do prior to going... Uh, I'm not no, talking about I'm... speaking to somebody like that. I'm saying, no, no, I... hey, can I speak it's, to it's... a manager in an office somewhere? Have you ever considered I, 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 doing I'm going like to consider it now that y'all guns on y'all trying to take money out. Look, I think he, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know what's in his head. I know this note is weird. If she read it word for word, I guess she would have understood that it was uh, his account. But look, uh, that's odd. The whole picture is odd. Was he looking for this? Was he testing the system? I don't know. But Bank of America, of course, apologized immediately. Immediately, uh, we deeply regret that this incident occurred. It never should have happened. And we have apologized to Mr. Kugler. Maybe Mr. Kugler could act like a normal bank customer, not write odd notes in a portion of the withdrawal slip where you're not supposed to write things. And oh, by the way, just about everybody involved in this story, from the cops to the teller to uh, Mr. Kugler, happens to be black. He's and I said, how can I help you? He said, look at the note. So oh, that's all he said? Yeah, he said, look at the note. I said, do you have your debit card? He inserted his debit card. It went through. He put in the PIN number. As he was putting in the PIN number, I was reading the note. And the note said, I want to withdraw 12000 Be discreet. And so when it said, be discreet, I'm like, should I say anything? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean, what does that mean in that context? It's odd. He could have gone to the bank manager if he had some sort of special request. The mainstream media, though, it doesn't matter if the, the cops were black, if the teller was black, if the guy who called the cop, the manager of the bank, was black. No, this was done because of racial profiling. I feel like he did everything right. He did everything right. And Bank of America says it should not have happened. Mm. That's the bottom line. Can you imagine being detained for taking out your own money? I cannot. But sadly, it happens. Mm. And even if you're a famous director, uh, it can happen to you. And we all know why. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. um, Coming up. Big doubt about it. If you write a weird note (laughs) on a piece of paper and slip it to a bank teller, Yeah, just follow the regular procedures. It wasn't a race thing. Mr. Kugler, great movie director, crummy behavior at the bank. Stay with us. We're going to find out a little bit more about Ukraine with Fred Fleiss. Oh, and Governor Perry, former Governor Perry from Texas will be here. Be right back. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. Right now, there are 9,000 approved unused permits that oil and gas companies could tap into now to ramp up production. So what the president is doing is ensuring we're taking steps here to get more oil out into the global marketplace. Jen Psaki, I don't believe you. (laughs) I don't believe you. I'd like to bring in former Governor Rick Perry of Texas, former Secretary of Energy under Donald Trump. Governor Perry, Secretary Perry, it's great to see you. How are you? Welcome to Newsmax. Very good. Thank you. It's an honor to be on with you. 
Thank you. What do you make of the Biden administration's spin on the energy situation right now? It does not seem that they're being particularly straightforward. It has been. And uh, this is an administration that, number one, hates fossil fuels. The record is very clear on this. You go back to 2020 and uh, the rhetoric, the narrative that the Biden administration, or I should say then candidate Biden, was pushing uh, so that the left would uh, come and embrace him was very anti-fossil fuel. And nothing's changed. He's put people in place that are uh, against the fossil fuel industry. Uh, when you have Pete Buttigieg up on TV as late as uh, the last 48 hours saying, if you want to lower gas prices, uh, go buy yourself an electric vehicle. Uh, this Just on its face, uh, these are nonsensical things. This is complete and total disregard for reality. And that's the problem with this administration. Americans know this. Um, they, they may have not liked Donald Trump. They may have had their feelings hurt with his mean tweets. But now they are seeing the reality of Joe Biden not really understanding the uh, both international and American economic needs from a fossil fuel driven uh, industry. And it is costing them massive amounts of money, not just at the pump. I mean, the pump's hurting a lot. But when you look at the transportation cost, when you see all the different uh, cost drivers because of uh, the energy side of things, not to even mention what's happening in uh, Ukraine and the war that Putin is fighting. And don't be confused, that is being fought over energy because had we not opened up, or if the Biden administration had not allowed for the opening up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, uh, we would have still held Putin at bay, I believe, uh, just as President Trump had done for his uh, years as the president of the United States. So the point is, they're going to spend this. They're going to tell you, oh, we got all these permits. It's the oil and gas industry's fault. You know, these rich oil uh, dictators, petro dictators, I think it's what Gavin Newsom called them, uh, and, and, and trying to play to the populist side of this, uh, 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 of our citizenry out there. It's not going to work. Uh, people understand that oil and gas operators, wildcatters, the people that made America great economically, through the years, through the, uh, the the last part of the 20th century, they're driven by uh, capitalism. If they know that they can make a profit, they're going to be out there drilling. And right now, they're scared to death of a, an administration that has clearly said, listen, we don't like you. We hate you. Uh, they put pressure on banks, on the central bank of this country, uh, to put policies into place that send a message. We don't like fossil fuels, and if you, uh, if you invest in fossil fuels, it will cost you. So why would an oil and gas company go risk their capital knowing that the current administration and all of the people in that administration really dislike them and will do everything that they can to stick a knife in their back? Indeed, indeed. And you know what? Look, you know the power of example when you're a political leader, governor, leading a department, your time in the military. I thought this was fascinating when uh, Jen Psaki was asked about um, Joe Biden. Does he have an electric car or not? Take a look. You guys are pushing electric vehicles today. This is a president who always talks about the power of our example. Mm -hmm. Does he own an electric vehicle? Presidents of the United States don't do a lot of driving. 
He's posted videos where he's revving the engine of his Corvette in Wilmington. He owns cars. And he also has driven electric vehicles as president, as, as to give a model to the rest of the country. Does he own one? I think the president's record on this is clear, Peter. Presidents of the United States, current, and when they are no longer, typically are not doing a lot of driving. Go ahead. It is wild to me because Joe Biden brags about all the cars he has. It's one thing he could have done. He certainly has the money to buy as many cars as he want, wants to. I would, I would highly recommend he go buy himself a Tesla Plaid if he wants to drive something that will really pin his ears back. Uh, and as you said, he can afford it. In a more serious note, most Americans can't afford it. And, and that's the challenge. That's the seriousness of what we have, Craig, uh, is Americans are suffering because of the policies of this administration. Make no mistake about it. Uh, the price of gasoline was headed up way before the Russians invaded Ukraine. It was his policies to stifle oil and gas exploration, to stifle pipelines, to stop offshore leasing, uh, to stop drilling on federal lands. All of those collectively have driven up the cost of gasoline and they will continue to do so until this administration is either turned back out, which unfortunately is another two plus years, uh, certainly winning back the House uh, this November and, and allowing the Republicans, the sensible, thoughtful, pro-capitalism, patriotic Americans in the Republican Party uh, to lead this country. And hopefully we can keep Joe Biden and his administration um, corralled, so to speak, uh, for the next two years after that, and we get this country back on track. Love it. Would love it. Thank you. Governor Rick Perry, Secretary Rick Perry, we appreciate it, sir. To be continued, and we'll be right back. Well, the war continues. It looks like it's getting worse. I saw that footage of did you see mass graves, mass graves being dug and bodies being put in those graves? Absolutely horrible. Where are we right now? We wanted to bring in one of the smartest people we know on uh, international issues. He's Fred Flights, vice chair of the Center for American Security for the American First Policy Institute, former chief of staff uh, for the National Security Council, former CIA analyst and a close associate of Donald Trump. Sir, welcome back. How are you? Hey, great. Good to be here. What should we be talking about right now? Where do things stand? I want to feel that there might be a little bit of progress in those talks that are happening in Turkey, but I don't know. Where are we? Well, in a perfect world, we'd be trying to find a way to arrest uh, Vladimir Putin, put him up on, uh, on war crimes uh, charges, but we know that's not going to happen. Instead, this administration sent Kamala Harris to Eastern Europe I don't know why. I don't see what purpose sending our weakest government official to, to, to this conflict made a difference. Greg, there's really no talks of de-escalation. There's no talks of promoting peace talks. I'm all for arming the Ukrainians to the teeth. But this was a time when we should be sending a super negotiator, maybe Ambassador Bill Burns, who's fluent in Russian, the Russians trust him, to try to talk to the Russians and the Ukrainians. We need peace talks immediately. We need both sides to negotiate. We need to de-escalate. Mark Warner said today, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, we cannot let Russia win under any circumstances. Look, in theory, I agree with that. But realistically, if we don't get a peace treaty, if we don't get them to de-escalate, we could look at 
hundreds of thousands of dead Ukrainians. We have to do this. Uh, you mentioned Kamala Harris, and uh, this was a low moment, I think, for her, for American foreign policy. Let's take a look. Here she is in Poland. All right. Um, pretty important question there, uh, which she blew off. And earlier, she was just kind of semi-incoherent. Is she doing damage there? I mean, we know it's not good for her image, but is she complicating our situation? This crisis occurred largely because the world sees an extremely incompetent president, a year of incompetence, a president who's mentally incompetent, the failure in Afghanistan. Now he sends one of his most incompetent aides, probably the most incompetent aide, to a crisis situation, one of the worst in many decades. Yes, this is making it worse. It's making it look like our foreign policy is even less serious than everyone knows it is. If this is the best Biden can do during this crisis, What's going to happen in the next crisis? When will the Chinese move on Taiwan? Fred, I saw something from the Russian government. I was really taken aback by it. Let's put it up. These are warnings about the weapons that are coming into Ukraine. Please place on the screen, please. They called us a dictatorship. The United States has a, a dictatorship. Next slide, please. It reads, uh, we call on the EU and NATO countries to stop the thoughtless flooding of the unviable Kiev regime with the latest weapon systems. And here's where it gets really creepy. Enormous risk to international civilian aviation and other means of transport in Europe and beyond. Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> it sounds more like an al-Qaeda statement than uh, the Russian government or a, a, any civilized government. The sanctions we have on Russia are going to hurt, and I'm hoping they're going to bring Putin to the negotiating table. But look, we have to give him an off-ramp. It's dangerous to corner a megalomaniac with the largest nuclear arsenal on Earth and to have Lindsey Graham running around saying he should be assassinated. It's terrible. And I don't think the, the solution here is going to be just. But as I said earlier, we have to be serious about peace talks. We have to say to the Ukrainians, you have to be able to deal. You have to offer neutrality, as painful as that will be, to get this megalomaniac to pull his troops out of Ukraine. I'm not sure how easy that will be. Yeah. But there's no talk of this by the Biden administration. There's, there's very little talk of this by Republicans. Fred, as we wrap up, last question. Um, have, has this whole episode incentivized countries like Iran, like North Korea? I mean, we have now telegraphed to the world, if you have nuclear weapons, we're not going to mess with you. And I, if I were Iran, North Korea, anybody, I mean, why not get nuclear weapons? It makes you a super, superpowers won't mess with you. I think it will incentivize them to get nuclear weapons. But in the case of Iran, it's going to incentivize Israel to destroy Iran's nuclear program before they get a bomb. So Iran better be thinking about that. Fred Flights, we appreciate it so much, sir. To be continued, many thanks. Uh, and say hi to everybody at the America First Policy Institute. We'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Thanks so much. Uh, Stinchfield's off tonight. Wendy Bell is filling in. She's great. See you tomorrow.